Hello, and welcome to the DMV Business Show, a weekly show where we get to meet local business and community leaders in the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. They get to impact their story and how they got there. You can expect to hear advice and learn about their journey and how they went from point A to point B. My name is Odo Sevilla, and I'm a commercial real estate advisor in the local DC, Maryland, and Northern Virginia area. I have been very fortunate to have worked with many amazing entrepreneurs and executives from startup founders to international Fortune 500 companies. And one of the things I love about what I do is I get to form these great relationships with some interesting people. I get to know them and I learn about how it all started. And I love hearing a good business story. When I'm not working in commercial real estate, I just also happen to be the host of this show. So please enjoy and welcome to the DMV Business Show. Hello everyone, welcome to the DMV Business Show. I'm your host, Odo Sevilla. And today I have a very special guest for you, Anthony Clausen. Anthony is the CEO and founder of Colossal Contracting. Welcome to the show, Anthony. I appreciate it, man. I've, I've been following you guys. This is a great show and I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time and joining us today. Um, so before we go into your personal story, if you could just give the audience a brief general overview, Anthony, of who is, what is Colossal Contracting? Sure. So we're a defense and civilian contractor focused on selling solutions and elevating the mission of the government, um, focused, you know, primarily on IT services and products. Uh, so we work in literally every agency that is civilian in defense. Okay, great. And you, are you originally from the DMV here or where are you, where are you born? I'm not. I, um, I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, and then after my time in New Jersey, I moved to, to Atlanta area. So I'm like a Northern Southern guy and, um, you know, went to college in the Georgia area, went to Georgia state. And then, um, after that, after three years, I was running out of money, no scholarships and, uh, the air force came calling and, uh, the rest is really history. What part of Jersey are you from? I'm from South Jersey, from Camden County. Okay. Uh, so right right across the water from Philly. You know, I loved growing up there, living there. A lot of the, uh, that tough South Jersey kid really has, has helped me a lot in my life, to tell you the truth. And um, a lot of the school of hard knocks that I was able to endure and have fun with growing up as a kid in South Jersey has really helped shape who I am today. How old were you when you left that East Coast? Well, Atlanta is still East Coast, but, uh, yeah. you know, Jersey, Philly area and moved down to Atlanta. I, I, I believe I was around 12 in that okay. area. Okay. You know, I, I spent my first part of my childhood there, uh, you know, spent my teens. I moved to, I mean, you know, it was a big culture shock, obviously, going from New Jersey to Atlanta. Um, but the South had a lot of the great things about it. The, the yes, man, the, the, the no, sir, the the polite part of, of the Southern way of life was a, was a good contrast of, of how I grew up in New Jersey. Um, you know, we pretty, you get pretty tough up there in, in the Northeast, uh, but, but good hardworking people. My whole family's railroad from up there. Right. So my dad was railroad, my grandfather's railroad, my uncle's a railroad. So that, um, you know, blue collar work ethic is, is part of my DNA and, and, you know, being brought from up there and to come down to Georgia and then get the, the the soft side of the south and the politeness really helped me and, and and I and I'm very thankful to be able to be cultured in that north south environment you know and you know which led me on to high school in, in Gwinnett County you know right outside of Atlanta and then 
You know, I worked, you know, security. I was a bodyguard for, for a couple of years before I joined. I uh, had a security and bodyguard at, at, at clubs in Atlanta as I was paying my way through college. And, you know, but, it, you know, at some point in my life, man, I had to make some decisions to better myself and finish my education. And um, I walked into an Air Force recruiter and, you know, like I said, the rest is history. I, you know, I went on to the Air Force and, you know, that helped pave the way for Colossal. I wouldn't have Colossal if it wasn't for the United States Air Force and what being a part of the military did for me. And, and as a businessman and as a person, it really forged who I am today. Do you have any family or any close relatives or friends that, that you know, joined the military at all? Oh, my whole family. I'm talking back to the Civil War, no kidding. Wow. Um, my dad's side have served. Um, they were in the Union Army uh, in Pennsylvania. And literally in every war to date, a Clausen, Ruscio, or Lawless has served in the military. So my father was in it. My Both my grandfather's in it. My uncles, my great-grandfather, uh, when he had first come over, uh, all the way back to my great-great-greats on my dad's side. Uh, who were in the Pennsylvania area. So being part of the military was always something I heard growing up. You know, my dad tell me the stories about the army. And so that transition or that thought to me wasn't that hard to swallow because it was a big part of who our family heritage is. Mm -hmm. My dad and my mom never, you know, forced anything on me. They're very much like, hey, you're going to learn your lessons. You're going to get your lumps. Um, you're so headstrong. You need to fall down and, and figure out how to get back up. And so when I brought them, you know, the thought of serving in the military and the Air Force, they were very supportive. Okay. Uh, but they also said, you're going to do whatever you want to do anyway. So, you know, why are you asking? I'm just saying, you know, because it'd be great to have your support. And they have just been amazing advocates, you know, and growing up, you don't need all the money in the world. I'm just so thankful that I had loving parents that just had my back no matter what, because I was pretty crazy. But uh, I'm sure growing up, Anthony, you know, whether it was in the Northeast or in the South, you weren't thinking, I guess, as a child, maybe joining the Air Force or anything like that, right? No. What, what were you into growing up? You know, like uh, sports was everything to me, you know, athletics. And, you know, I, I was very thankful that my parents gave me some opportunities to play in some sports in the local area. But, man, I grew up on the basketball court and, and the football fields of, of New Jersey, of any any city park that I could find from the city of Camden to Collingswood to Haddon Heights um, to, to, to Fairview, anywhere where I could get a basketball game or go play. I just stayed out all the time. You know, that was my generation. We were raised by the streetlights, right? And, um, and and there were four of us kids and my, my mom and dad were working. My dad had two jobs. My mom had two jobs sometimes. So um, they loved us to provide for the four of us. And and I just went out there and, and lived my life. And so sports was a huge part, which I was always a big team guy, right? I always wanted to be part of a winning team. I was part of a lot of great teams over the years. And, um, you know, so the military to me in that trans transition from athletics to being part of something bigger than yourself was natural to me. I loved it. I loved being a follower if I have to, or being the leader, you know, you can't always be both. And, you know, that gave me the opportunity, especially the military, because, you know, I was used to being in charge of whatever that I was, you know, as a civilian and as, as a bigger kid and as, as someone who's a protector of people, I had no problem taking that leader position. But when you join the military as an enlisted person, as a 25 year old with three years of college, everyone around you is 18 and you're an E3, um, you have no rank, you have no, 
your leadership is you have to earn people's respect and hope they they want to follow and listen to you because you don't have apparent authority you're so low ranking that your job is to be a listener and to follow and and the military gave me that opportunity to learn how to be a better follower to be a better leader did you immediately take to it when you joined the military or was it rough in the beginning how was it it was yeah you know i always i tell a lot of stories about basic training because you can imagine so i you know you can't see but i'm, I'm six foot two 260 pounds um you know i you're not going to find many people that are going to be that much bigger than me or that intimidate me in any way um being yelled at you know and my ti was five foot four so <laughs> he used to say hey go get the chair and i would have to go get this chair and bring it over so he could get into my face and yell at me and everyone around was just like oh my gosh look at this and he just tore me apart but all what he was trying to do was the civilian side of me had to die. The civilian side of me that you're not gonna talk to me like that, you will not get into my face, um, had to go away. And he was hell bent on breaking me and he sure did. And so that transition in the beginning of people yelling at me and me not being able to uh, defend myself or um, get them out of my face and to realize that it was, is they needed to, to get me in line and, and the big part. So in the beginning, it was very hard. But after that, man, I took to it because I just thought it was amazing. The fact that they were going to train us, give us education, uh, pay us to work out, right? Mm -hmm. To learn a, a trade and a craft that was going to build a career for me. And you were going to pay me to do it. So that's what I always told the guys. It's like, do you realize what they're doing for us? We just have to take advantage of it. And you just want us to be the best. All right, cool. Like. I, to me, that's as simple. I realized that the military is going to get what they want from you, right? You've signed up and you've sworn an oath to them and a contract to them, right? It wasn't about Anthony Claus anymore. It was about how I can serve the military. That's why they use the word service and people don't realize how intense that is. And because I was older, I understood the commitment that I was taking, that my service no longer was to me. It was to my country. And the faster that I realized that I was there to do a job and it was their job. And if, as long as I did for them, they would do for me. Right. And I, and I realized that really fast. So I took to it. I took the military very serious. Anybody who knew me in the years that I was there um, will tell you that I was a very serious air force guy. And I, I was just so thankful for the opportunity. Had a lot of great leaders around me that, that took to me. Not everyone liked, you know, me cause I was a hard charger. Uh, but that's that's like that in life. Not everyone's going to respect the fact that you want to take on every day. And I had to find myself and surround myself with people that respected that and wanted to share it. And I had people not only that were, you know, inspired by mine, you know, uh, motivation to succeed, but I was inspired by theirs. So I had other airmen that, hey, Anthony, that's not good enough. And you need to step it up. I had leaders. Hey, no, that's not good enough. You need to step it up. And that constant back and forth really helped drive me to who I am today. I love that, Anthony. It's almost like a, a selfish part of you has to die first. Yeah, 100%. In order to 100%. properly serve. That's the, it has to go away because if, if you hold on to that, you can never really truly see who you are, right? And if there's always that, well, what's in it for me? You're, you're not going to go well in the military because it's not about you. It's about the bigger mission. And you can evolve yourself as a person and find, and you, you, the military is an amazing way to increase everything in your life, your physical fitness, your mentality, your, 
your perseverance, your, your, as we call embracing the suck, like getting through things. Right. But it couldn't be about me anymore. And it's the faster that I picked that up and I got other people to, to buy into that to be in a great years. It was, it was a great, I only served four years. I left as a staff sergeant and, you know, I got to go to the airman leadership school and it just, it was an experience that I just, I tell as many people about as I can, because it just, it did so much for me and my family. By the way, thank you for your service. During the four years there, what were you doing? So I was a communications uh, specialist. So I, I did all base communications. I did, uh, so we're talking telephony, networking. Um, you know, I would fit, you know, fix damaged infrastructure. I, I was um, thankful enough and honored to, to be able to deploy. So I went to Kuwait, uh, Qatar and Iraq um, in 2007. Uh, during you know 2007 was still a pretty you know real time over there um and you know when we were in iraq you know um people were getting blown up it was a very real experience but something that i'm so thankful for to be able to experience and and be that part of something bigger than yourself but it, it, it made it realize how much of an impact everyone has even though your job may be way down here from the guy firing the rifle um, you're providing him the, the intelligence and the communications to be able to reach back, to be able to, to manage the war and to be able to reach those people on the ground. So you saw how your job had a direct reflection on what was going on in the bigger mission. And that's what deployment did for me. It was like, wow, like I am directly seeing how setting up C4 communications and make sure they can reach back can affect the bigger mission. And it just, it was awesome being over there with all the guys and girls, just, you know, it was just us, just us and a lot of sand and some heat, some camels and some people that wanted to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Every role is important. I agree from, from the, all the way at the bottom to the very top. Yeah, absolutely. When, when you return home or, or I guess after your four years, did, do you already know what you were going to do next or what are you thinking? And I, I, um, yeah, I came up with the idea of Colossal when I was deployed actually in 2007 you know, we were over there, uh, we were working with some contractors, we were, you know, we had contractors with us, and I, I realized how, how much money they were making as contractors, right? And we all have our role in, in, in the fight of defense and civilian contracting, right? We need our government brothers and sisters to be able to provide continuity for the war fighters, and then we need our war fighters to fight the wars, right? But there's another thing to this is contractors, right? Contractors deliver a, a level of flexibility and training and things that we can't do in the rigid warfighter world as the government, right? And so I got to work with these contractors and realized, man, this, these guys got a pretty cool job. You know, um, they're making some, some decent money for themselves. And the, there's a way for you to still be involved with the military without wearing the military uniform because as we all know we have to take that off one day right and so i was looking for the what is next for me so as i was out there you know working with them it sort of came me the first ideas of colossal i didn't have the name yet colossal but i realized that maybe this is something i wanted to do and as i transitioned out of the military i was i was thankful to be stationed at the joint base andrews and working with air force district washington the pentagon bowling so I'm seeing it at the highest level, right? I'm seeing communications and the mission of communications at a global defense level at the Pentagon and Andrews. 
and they had made me a project manager. So I am dealing with some serious projects that are affecting the way that we fight the global war on terrorism. So I'm seeing this and I'm like, man, this is so cool. And, you know, my four years had come up and I, I had got everything that I could out of the military and they got everything out of me. So it was a, it was a peaceful break, if you will. And I took off the uniform and started Colossal the next day and came back to the same people I was serving in the military and said, Hey, listen, I'm a contractor, but I think I can provide max value to your mission. Would you entertain, you know, and they said, well, Anthony, you know, you don't have a contract vehicle, but here's some big guys right in the area. And I had known these guys from working there and I went to them and pleaded my case and said, here's what I can do. And I'm just so thankful that, you know, a couple of those guys took a chance on me and here we are 140 employees later and 13 years later. And, you know, it was thankful that someone had to give us the chance to be successful. And that's what it was, but I would not be here if I did not serve in the military and understand the value of what a government contractor is. Sure. By the way, I think I love the name Colossal. It just makes me think just big. Right. I'm sure that's what you had in mind. I don't know. How, how did that name I, come about? Well, you know, it, it, uh, it was born in basic training. So my last name is Clausen, right? Clausen. Yes. And when I was getting yelled at, you know, like I said, I was bigger than all of the other kids. Colossus, Colossal, you big dumb idiot, get over here, you know, and they started calling me Colossus and Colossal and the other airmen were calling me Colossus. Uh, I guess that there's an X-Men guy out there that's a, a pretty big guy as well. And I'm not nearly as big as that dude, uh, but it's stuck. So people were calling me Colossus and Colossal because the last name's Colossus. And so when I came out, I was like, man, I have to name this company after what got me here in the first place. So the name came to me that, you know, in June of that year. And I was like, and I pitched it to my family members. I'm like, what do you, everyone thought I was crazy because it was 2009. We're in the middle of the recession. You know, who, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a company. They're like, what? Like the world's falling apart. And I'm like, well, I'm not, this is my dream. I'm doing it, yeah. you know, but yeah, that's where the name came from. That's good. You just mentioned now when you started the company, you, you went to a couple bigger companies and they gave you that opportunity. How was it like that first year, the first couple of years starting off Colossal? It's hard, right? You know, I, I had a, a new family, you know, it, it was, I always tell people, you know, like, this is a big endeavor, right? And you have to go all in. You know, the one thing that people could, you know, that I tell people in this position is Colossal was never going to be what I needed it to be until I could take my foot off first and go to second, all in, just go all in. And in order to do that, you know, in the beginning, you have to go to people and bring value to them, right? I, I saw my value prop as, what I understood about the Air Force, what I understood about the military, I could build networks, I could, you know, build infrastructure projects. I knew, I knew the Andrews and Pentagon inside out. I knew where everything was. So I figured out my value and you have to be able to determine your value and be able to go sell your value. And in the beginning, a lot of your value and pretty much all your value is you. I didn't have anything else, right? So I had to sell me. I had to go to these companies and say, hey, guys, this is what I can do. I can, I can get us into these areas, have these conversations. Um, you know, is there a way we can trade, right? You know, maybe if we get two positions, you give me one. Or if you get five, I get one. And that was, you know, really the split in the beginning is when you're working with the bigger guys is you have to bring value to them. 
You have to, so why, how was I going to be different than any of the other hundred people that come up to them at every networking event say, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm a service disabled veteran, I'm an 8A, or it's the value they were looking for and not just my handout. So I had to determine what my value was. I determined what it was and I went shopping, right? And I went out to everyone that would listen and a couple of them said, yes, that's valuable. Let's talk about that. And from there, I got in the door and, and slowly started scaling my business. And, you know, that's those first couple years, though, it's all about determining your value, making, making people see it. And then when you get the opportunity, you got to run with it. You cannot fall down. Right. And you can't be working three or four different jobs. And, and I'm not saying that, that you have to do that. I was working, you know, doing whatever I had to do to make the money. But I had to make sure I didn't fall down when I get, was given the opportunity. I think a lot of small businesses, they're given the opportunity and man, all it takes is one bad failure for them to say, hey, no more, right? So I knew I had to determine my value and then when given the opportunity to deliver. Were you by yourself for a while or did you, did you immediately have to hire fast? I, I did have to um, hire fast. Uh, I actually reached out to some of the guys I was in the Air Force with and my cousin and we're like, I know it sounds crazy, but that, that's really what it was is I had to find people I could trust you know, we got a couple positions, you know, here and there is, you know, low voltage installers or, you know, I needed guys with secret clearances and top secret. These are all guys I knew from the Air Force. So I called them up. I'm like, I know this is crazy, but will you come work with me at Joint Base Andrews? I know you're living in Tennessee or whatever. And I was just so thankful to have some good people that um, believed in me and were able to, to pick up their lives and come to Maryland and, you know, work for the government, you know, as a contractor and, you know, we slowly started building up, but I, you know, we went from one person to two to five, from five to 11, from 11 to 22, from 22 to 40, you know, that was just the growth, you know, up to the, you know, almost 140 that we have today. Wow. That's crazy. Has the business changed at all, Anthony, from the beginning, as far as the products and services that you offer to where you are today? Absolutely. hundred, hundred percent. You know, People need to understand that you need to adapt with the market, right? And we 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 started off as a you know primarily services focused company where I wasn't providing any hardware software, right? It was just bodies providing services. And as we started growing, I knew I had the ability to sell solutions, product services, you know, software, right? All mm -hmm. together in a bundle. Um, but you have to look for those opportunities to do that. So as Colossal started evolving through the years, I started picking up, you know, more work that was more in line with what I consider a full-term contractor, right? A government IT contractor where, you know, now I'm sitting down with the government and market research phases, trying to assess their mission, not trying, assessing their mission, understanding what they're doing, delivering solutions that bundle up and, and elevate their mission, right? And that's where I wanted to be, but I knew I had to get my foot in the door. So I started with services, started proving myself. And then they were like, well, can you do this? Absolutely. I can. Let me show you the way. And through the years of evolution, it started services, started picking up certain products. And now we're to the point where we're providing every major manufacturer that you could think of in the IT realm. And we're, we're you know, some of the highest partner statuses there are in many were you know, I think one of two Cisco gold SDVOSBs in the world. Uh, we were the first um, at that time. So, I mean, we've we've 
we've had to earn our street cred through success. And that's the only way you get it. It's the only way people will pay attention to you, whether it's your customers or manufacturers, it's delivering and being successful. And that helps get their ear. What would you say drives and motivates you? Oh, man, you know, I always, I only got one speed, man. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's a gift and a curse. Um, I am a full speed human being. Um, people say I, I even sneeze aggressively. Um, you know, I, it's who I am. I only have this speed. And what I do is what drives me is the winning, right? Is the, is, is seeing success, what it looks like watching a network turn on that's empowering a mission that is part of a war fighting part of, you know, we've done things in Indian health service where I'm seeing the end result of saving people's lives with some of the systems and, and things we're doing that enable the healthcare providers to do their job better. Like, when I see that or it never changes and the excitement never goes away when I get to go to these places and see what we've done turn on, nothing will ever stop that. I tell, you know, I, I don't get to do it as much now as, as my position is currently, but I go on site a lot, a whole lot more than probably people like that are my sales guys because I want the ball and I want to be a part of it. But man, that is, you know, I have one speed, right? But Along with that speed, what, what comes with it is when you get to celebrate those, celebrate the fruits of success with your people and see what you've done to a mission and how you've helped the warfighter or medical staff or, or civilian agencies do their job, it is the greatest feeling in the world. I just, it's, it's a huge reason why I do it. That's great. Anthony, you know what you remind me a little bit? I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Jocko. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, was, just to look the energy too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, pre- I, mean, that's, I, that's, I, I love him. I, I don't know if you yeah. know him. Oh yeah. Well, I, I don't know him personally. We actually here at Colossal, um, my president of the company, Eric Dent, um, holds a um, extreme ownership book yeah. club every yeah. week where we go over different chapters and what it has done to our, our company is amazing. That extreme ownership and the feeling that you have when you are, are taking it on. Hey, that is me. This is me, right? And you're owning every part of your business. I've seen it affect everyone along the chain of command here at Colossal. And it is really cool. So, hey, to be even said in reference in the same sentence as that guy is amazing because he's found a way to take all those things that I was telling you about the military that helped make me special as a person and found a way to implement it in business. Yeah. Right. And it is groundbreaking. You know, we're doing the same things here. Right. We have, you know, 30 percent, almost 30 percent of Colossal is military, former military. Like that is a staggering number. If you look at really veteran to employee ratio, even around the beltway, isn't even close to that. And we have 30 percent. Right. And so we're finding ways and everyone's influencing everyone. We have some super talented veterans. We have super talented non-veterans. And you get those people together under that umbrella of owning it and extreme ownership. What we're seeing here at Colossal is just amazing. Our culture is everything to us. But, but reading into those things and that constant evolution as a learner, right, and as a leader with things like Jocko, man, is, is, it definitely it helps a lot. Well, I'm glad you're a fan. I wasn't sure. You know, some people yeah, might absolutely. take it the wrong way. 
No, 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 man. He's no, awesome. no. But I mean, he, I agree. His stuff is great. Have you ever been to any of his workshops? Do you see hold workshops too? He is. We we actually Eric and I were looking at some for this next year coming up. Um, just great events, dude. He does jujitsu with them. You know, I'm, I'm a big jujitsu guy. Like, I can't wait to get choked out by that guy. Um, you know, like that's the one time I'm really looking for. Dude, that guy is an animal, and he his discipline and the way that he cares. You know, because even though he is who he is, if you watch some of his podcasts and the way that he talks to people and he treats people, yeah, he's just an amazing dude and something that we all should should be uh, not in awe of, but in respect of and know that it doesn't matter at what point in your life. Here's a very established former Navy SEAL officer that isn't scared to look in the mirror and say, that's me or that's you, right? Yeah. You own it. I own it. Like it, it's it's a whole thing that we we definitely embody here at Colossal. You do jujitsu too, you said, or I did. Yeah, I've done jujitsu okay. for a while. I, I haven't done it in several years, man. You get beat up so bad doing that stuff that my neck over the years has really taken. Uh, I don't. I didn't like to tap out in the beginning, so I'd rather either just get choked out or get my neck broken, which isn't smart. Oh, Nobody, if anyone's listening, do not do that. Someone get you in a compromising position. Have respect and tap. I was young and wasn't thinking it through and uh, my neck's never been the same, but nonetheless, the respect and the culture of being in jujitsu and MMA and what you feel for the other person and having respect. When we were in Japan, that was a big part of what I did is me and some Chamora guys, some Samoan guys, some locals, we all trained together and the different cultures coming together, the brotherhood that went with it. You're not going to win every time, you know, you have to learn how to lose with respect and dignity. It changed me. And it was a big part of, of definitely creating the person that is today. One of those things that humble you as a person, it is humbling to be choked out by a person that weighs 150 pounds. It is very humbling, but it's required sometimes, yeah. right? He was a great dude. He was a hard trainer. This guy who did it, you know, choked me out and he gave me a hug right after. I almost like went, my lights went out, right? And he was like hugging. He's like, you okay, man? You know, like laughing at me. But he loved me like a brother. And that humility that you learn through jujitsu and MMA is, is critical. And that's why Jocko taps into that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I have three young boys and my oldest for a while was doing jujitsu until COVID came and then we pulled them out. But yeah. uh, it, it, it's a community you build. I agree. It I was is. there. I would take him all the time. Yeah, it's it's a great thing for young people. My my oldest son has done it and what it does for your confidence. And they also train like, hey, this isn't to be used outside of the mat. And the respect that you get from there is just it's critical. And I um I, I hope he wants to continue it. Right. I hope I'm, so I'm, too. I, I hope so too. It, it did definitely help him out. He told me one incident in school how he sort of stepped up and saw some kid was making fun of another kid. It's a confident builder for sure. It is. Yeah. It absolutely and it, it teaches you to protect yourself and others right and in a manner that you don't have to use your hands it, it you they don't want you to use your hands they want you to use your mind uh, it's it's definitely really cool you, you were mentioned earlier how you started with a couple of employees and now you're almost at 140 plus how has that evolution been as far as finding the right person hiring the right people putting them in the right seat in the bus sure. for them to be successful I would tell you that's the most critical part, right? You know, people some, somehow get confused and think about that what we're doing is, is about products. It's about technology. It's about, yes, those are all byproducts, but it all starts with the person. 
And if you can find the right person in this and how we were able to scale Colossal, maintain our culture, continue to evolve and do those things to be able to be the top, one of the top contractors in our industry is people. Finding leaders that, that we can mold, but also are special in their own right. Taking my vision, making it their own, putting them in place and then building around them. And if you can do that throughout the different business units, whether it be engineering, PMO, Fed program, sales, inside sales, accounting, right? And finding that leader and then building around them has been the method that I've used is I've got to find people that share my drive and my love for what I do and what we do. And then I want them to be them though. You know, like I, I always, you know, my senior master sergeant once told me, he said, don't be me, being me will get you in trouble, right? It's what I always tell people, hey, take the good stuff that, you know, that, that you can grab from me, but I want you to be you, right? And, and find ways to take the vision of which Colossal is putting in front of you, make it your own within our guidance, right? And build, right? And that's how we've been able, because you think if, if every, say, 15 people represent a leader, right? If you can do the leader and then do 15 or 10, you can see how it can scale. And throughout the 13 years Colossal has been in business, I've been watching superstars in the industry. And as I could afford them through success, I'd be like, hey, man, remember five years ago? Just want to talk to you about something. So, you know, recruiting is a big part. I'm, I'm very involved in our recruiting. Our hiring process here at Colossal is pretty, pretty tough. You know, we, we go through, you know, a panel, you know, where there could be at the end seven of us, you know, looking over one candidate. And if somebody doesn't agree, we got to talk about it and we got to hash it out. I care about what my leaders think and I care about, you know, who they feel is, is going to be part of the family and the team. So if you make, if you, number one, can, can find the right leaders to scale and then find the right people to protect your culture, you can grow it as big as you want it to. Now, Colossal has no in, incentive to go over 150. We really like staying under that 150, you know, space. That's, that's where we really see the most success for us right now. Um, so we're, we're very thankful that we've built a good infrastructure of people and our culture is everything to us. Have you gone past the 150? No, we will not. No, okay. we, we're going to stay under, we're going to stay under 150. Um, we are, we are a services IT solution selling company where as soon as you go over that 150, you know, you're, you're competing against GDIT, Lockheed Martin. Oh, all really? Those big, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't, we don't want that. Right. Yeah. We, we're friends with a lot of the yeah we don't that's the last thing i need is me dipping my hands in glass against lockheed martin no thank you um we'd much rather work with the verizons and and the light those those gdits and add value to them as, yeah. as they are an integrator um and stay where we are you were just mentioning culture recently how do you build how do you first even just establish that culture and then just continue to grow it from within Sure. So, you know, culture is, I mean, it starts, it starts with you, right? So if, if you are a leader in that company, it starts with you. As we all know, there's a lot of approaches that can be done to leadership. But if you look at, especially companies that, you know, are under 150 people, your culture, in my opinion, you know, starts with your leadership, right? And that, that feeling coming down when you're looking at the CEO, the president, directors, vice presidents, you know, when your people are working with them daily, they've got to share that vision of, of how we treat people, right? And I treat people that way, right? And I want people to enjoy what they're doing. 
Like that is the biggest thing about like, I want you, when I see people not happy, it concerns me, right? I always want to make sure, are you okay? Do you still love what you do? Like I was told my wife, like, this is all I see myself doing. Like, this is what I am excited every day to go to work. I am motivated. I want to inspire people. I want people to inspire me. And if you have that feeling, the culture is around, our culture is based around respect for others, always evolving as people, right? And finding ways to evolve with each other, right? Putting success out there and make it attainable and celebrate it when it's there. And if somebody falls down, you pick them up, right? And it doesn't need to be any more difficult than that, right? Enjoy what you do, follow those key principles and make it fun, darn it. We're, we're all here, like, make it fun. You know, we, we were talking about the Jordans that we do. Like, that to me was something that I wanted to find that was special, right? I, I, I thought about it a couple of years ago. I'm a little mad because I, I noticed on the, the show Billions that they stole my idea. Still haven't paid me for that, but it's okay. Um, you know, where the top performers are people that get um, promoted here at Colossal, like you saw Lindsey Frazier just being promoted is you get Jordans, customized Colossal Jordans that I make myself uh, with a designer. I design everybody's uh, Jordans when they, when they get here. I work with the designer to you know, come up with the ideas and, and then we present it to them. And when you wear Jordans walking around our industry or in our building, you see those people with the Jordans and you're like, man, that's a top performer at Colossal. That's real right? And then the people that don't have them yet are fighting for them, right? I'm going to make employee of the quarter. I'm going to make employee of the year. I'm going to win the Honey Badger Award. I'm going to win the Rocket Ship Award. I'm going to get promoted. Like, it's that constant feeling of evolution and success, and we all celebrate it together. And what better way than the ultimate competitor in Michael Jordan, right? Yeah, yeah we, we love it. It's something I, I love. We just had a new uh, director get promoted uh, today, actually, is his first, and he doesn't He's probably going to watch his podcast, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm making his right now that I'm really excited about. I love that. So th that was your idea, Anthony, as far as getting to Jordans for people? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's my idea. Yeah. And you just thought about it? I, mean, I, I assume just, you're a Jordan fan. I'm a Jordan fan. I, I was watching um, something on Jordan, then The Last Dance came out. Yeah, the Netflix. That's a great, that's a great series. And it just sparked it in my head because I am a Jordan guy. And I wanted to customize myself and make some colossal Jordans. And I thought about it and I, and, and I was talking to my business partner about it and I just, I put it together and presented, you know, uh, the first pair of Jordans to someone and everyone, they went nuts. They were like, dude, this is awesome. And LinkedIn was blowing up. Like, you know, people see us, you know, in, our, in the industry. Now you see the colossal Jordans people yeah. know who we are. It's part of our brand. And yeah. I'm so thankful for it. I, and all I did was, Put together one of the greatest competitors ever and the branding of our company along with the people that deserve it right and and it makes it fun you know i, I agree you know especially you see it in a lot of different companies you get a pin or a pen or a watch this is so unique and different and it, yeah. it plus i mean it's even the same colors with the white and the red and the black yeah. i mean it was perfect yeah we're, <laughs> we're we're so excited about it you know we we've got some some new ones coming up um, actually, let me show you a pair right now. Okay. Hold on. Here we go. Check these out. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Not going to tell you who they're for, but yes. 
But, uh, you know, just make it fun. Make people enjoy what they do and reward the success when it's there. And if they fall down, pick them up. So to, to earn some George and Colossa, what do you have to do? So promotion, you got to, you know, promotion, uh, sales guys hitting their numbers. Um, you know, uh, we had a couple of people win it for um, quarterly awards. Um, there is the, uh, the, the Honey Badger Award, which is Rookie of the Year. Um, you know, different, you know, types of things. The Rocket Ship Award, which is um, the the number one salesperson uh, solution sell of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's different ways, but promotion and being recognized is how you do it. You know, you got to be the best of the best. I do not just give these away. And to say that there's, there's 55 pair of Jordans out there right now that I've made um, will show you how many, you know, of 140 people, there's a lot of high performing collide. And I'm talking, like I said, you do not get these unless you are at the tip of the spear. And so we have that many people have them and you got another hundred that are gunning for these things. Right. And, and I have just so many talented employees and, and teammates that I'm going to have to make a lot more of these because, because <laughs> we got some talent. We really do. That's great. And I'm sure you're enjoying it. It sounds like you, you, you enjoy designing it and everything. Oh, too. Yeah. It, it's a big part. My brand and, you know, I always say it's when it became special is when it became not about my brand, it became our brand, right? This is Colossal's brand. It has nothing to do with Anthony Clausen. That's when Colossal became special, when it wasn't about me anymore. In the beginning, it had to be about me and that value, right? Sure. But when it became special, when it wasn't about me anymore right? When it was about us, when it was about Colossal, when it was about, when it became about Colossal's brand, you know, and, and not me. And that's what all of this says is like, these are all ideas and, and things that we've come up with through success and having fun and enjoying a way to get ourselves out there. I want, I want other people to recognize throughout the industry who these guys and girls are, you know? Yeah. Colossal is now at 13 years old about. Yeah. Yeah. We're 13. Yeah. If, if someone were to come to you, Anthony, any type of business, GovCon, not related product to service, and they said, Anthony, I want to start my own business. That's my dream. What are a few pointers or what's an advice you would give that individual? Uh, buckle up, uh, be the first thing. But the reality is, is chase your dream, right? We only live once. And when you go into this, Make sure you're prepared and that you understand what it's about, right? And be ready for the hard days, right? And as we say in the military, be ready to embrace the suck, right? Have a plan. Understand your value. In the beginning, it's about your value. And are you ready to monetize your relationships, determine your value, and leave it all on the field in order to get to the next step? Because that is what it is. You know, what do they say? I I forget the percentage of how many businesses fail within the first year, second and third. It's staggering, right? It is, it is insane. But the reality is it's possible if you're willing to put in the work, understand your value and can build a plan to get there, right? And understanding about how now, once I've got to this phase, how do I get over the next one? Right. And there's no book. There's no, I trust me. I look, uh, there's no book every you know, that lays out every, you know, perfect thing. There's no master's degree that will show you exactly the way, right? It shows itself an opportunity when it's there. There's two things. When you see it, you got to attack it. And if it's not there, you got to create it, right? And if you're willing to do that, you can be successful. 
but understand that there's going to be hard days and you got to fight through those. And if you really want something, you're going to leave it on the field, but understand your value and how to sell your brand, your value and get it to the next step. Once I've made it to here, how do I get it to here? I'm sure during this 13 year journey you've had this far, you've had some hard, tough moments building Colossal. Anything comes to mind, Anthony, as far as when you were in that corner, that spot and how you got out of it? Absolutely. I mean, there, there was a time where, you know, a prime many years ago, uh, you know, when we first started, you know, lost the contract, you know, for some reason outside of Colossal's control. And I had to cut half my Manning in 24 hours and call all these people and tell them that they didn't have a job anymore. And uh, I couldn't, I almost, I had to take the money out of my 401k to make payroll and I couldn't even pay my rent. You know, and I told, I didn't tell my wife at the time, um, you know, I figured it out and I made it work, but that was the most uncomfortable position. And what that was, was a young company with all its eggs in one basket, because that's where I was at that time. And people were telling me to fold it up. You know, maybe it's, you know, you shouldn't do this. Maybe it's too hard, you know, or, you know, Hey, maybe the, the timing's not right, you know, and all of those things. And I just, I wasn't willing to accept that. I made sure that the people that, you know, had jobs got paid. I, I drained out my 401k from the military and was able to make payroll. Um, but because I was pushing through and, and, and God's eyes were watching, you know, a couple of weeks later, I was able to, to get another contract that I'd been working on for, you know, a year that, Hey, Anthony, we got that a win. I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy has no idea. Nor was I going to be like, I was about to go under, but it was that close, but I wasn't willing to give up. I just wasn't willing to quit. I just was not going to do it. And, um, and it worked. I took care of the people that, that took care of me. And uh, I had to say some hard goodbyes to people that I didn't want to. Um, but we lived to fight another day, damn it. And, and we got through it. What, what year in business were you in when this happened? Do you remember? I was like year two. Okay. Yeah, so it was year still two. fairly new. Still yeah. fairly new. And, you know, that the, the lesson I learned, though, was all my eggs were in one basket. I was a subcontractor to a prime. That's where all my bodies were. And that day, I had realized that I will never let that happen again. And that if, if a business unit fails, that can't be the only business unit I have. That can't be the only customer that I have. I had to find a way, diversify my portfolio and get new customers. So that moment on, I was a madman, you know, and I would, I would work as a consultant 40 hours a week during the day, hit all the networking events at night. You know, at, at my lunch, I wouldn't eat. I would, I would call other customers and try to get lunch meetings with people. You know, I just did whatever I had to do to make sure that that feeling was never going to come back. That's good. Are there any particular habits or traits you feel that have helped you, whether for you personally or for the business? You know, I, I'm fluid, right? You know, I, I have discipline in a lot of areas, you know, that, that helped my life. Um, but I adapt, right. And I, I adapt and I change. I find myself, you know, I grew up in a, in a very uh, interesting, different cultures in my life and different places uh, that allowed me to adapt. Right. Um, didn't have money, didn't have these things. I didn't need them. I, I, I had to take care of me. So I was able to adapt to a lot of things in my life 
business is the same way. Technology is constantly changing, right? Uh, people, uniforms, constantly changing. Manufacturers, constantly changing. I'm always looking to adapt and make the next move. You need as much as discipline as you have about being successful, need to be able to adapt and overcome. And if you can't switch gears and move, you have no time to sit down and put your head down and wish for the best. You've got to get your head out of the sand and adapt and move. And that is the biggest thing that has helped me through this is if something shuts down, I'm moving in another direction and I'm already looking two steps ahead, right? So being able to adapt and overcome and when things hit hard, you got to adapt and move. I like that. What would you say is your biggest challenge with your role at Colossal today? There's not enough time, you know, in a day, you know, like I'm a, I'm a father of four. Um, I have four boys at home. Oh, wow. Four um, boys. I, and I, I thought with my three. Okay. <laughs> you know, I have a 13 year old, a 10 year old, an eight year old and a two year old. And, and I'm a committed father, you know, like I may work 60 hours a week, but I'm, I'm leaving for football games, coming back, watching practices. I'm on the phone. Like it, it is a full-time thing. There's not enough time in the day. Um, so the time you have has to be spent well. You have to have time executing for your team and being there and being a leader. You have to have time for your family and you have to be able to give time to give back in some way. You cannot just take all your life. What are you doing in your life to give back to your community, to your people, and, and I, and those are the three things that I really try to balance, right. As much as I can. Um, but those are the things that fill up my heart. Right. So I got to make the time for it, but there, you know, there's only so much time in a day. And so I have to really focus on the things that I can hit and then the things that I can, I got to get the next day. Yeah, that's true. What do you know now that you wish you would have known at the start of your career? Oh boy. There's that. The list is too long, but, um, you know, just so many things, right? You know, it's the business side that doesn't reveal itself until you've fallen down. Understanding lines of credit, understanding uh, legal matters that you didn't see when you were small, right? You know, um, the understanding I have in people now, right? I've interviewed so many people over the years that, you know, you know, I feel like a part, you know, interrogator, part recruiter, right? Like I, I deal with people, I deal with people problems, right? But I've, I've got to see a lot of great things in people. I will say that my people always say, you know, hey, Anthony, when I have this one guy at work here, he says, uh, a friend of mine, he says, when are you going to turn into that crusty old CEO that doesn't trust anybody, right? Oh, they screwed me. Oh, this isn't going to work. I said, I'll leave the game before that happens. I trust people. I still want to see the best in people and people never cease to amaze me. So understanding the business side that didn't re reveal itself until it punched you in the face, like lines of credit, the legal parts that go with it, understanding true acquisition and how it's done. But above all, it's, is, you know, something I would have told myself that is don't lose your faith in people, right? They're who run this industry. They're, they're, when you're 140 people, Anthony, they're going to be the reason you're there. So focus on finding the right people, right? It's going to happen. The business is going to come. You're, you're a ferocious bulldog. You want the business, right? But it's built on people and nothing else. That's what, what I told my, that's what I told myself 13 years ago. Have you had any big mentors? And if so, what did you learn from them? Man, it's a hodgepodge. I don't have like one guy okay. that I could say like, he's the guy I have so many, I have taken 
so many bits and pieces from military leaders to the guy I, I was a bodyguard for that, you know, was a multi-million dollar uh, owned nightclubs and all of these things. I learned business from him. Then I joined the military, you know, senior master Sergeant French. There were chiefs along the way. Uh, Sergeant Paxton at Joint Base Andrews, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Principi, who was my commander, saw me for a person, not just the rank on my sleeve. Um, you know, in business, you know, John Cook, my business partner, Eric Dent. And then I have a lot of mentors that probably wouldn't even know if I said their names right now that, that I would think of them that way. And I don't want to reveal them, but these could be uh, my subordinates. These could be that I learned so much from, and I never turn my ear away from, from learning something. I learned something from these 23 year olds out here all the time, right? Like I'm constantly looking for ways to better myself, but I am definitely a hodgepodge of amazing mentors along the years that I've taken bits and pieces. And like Sergeant French told me, don't be me. We don't need another me. You find a way to be you. You take what you can from me, but you be you. I love how you're always learning too. I, I think you should never lose that. You need to always have that in life. Always be evolving. Always. When, when I say the word success, Anthony, what comes to mind? Oh, boy. Um, when it's not just about me, right? Success to me is when I can stand in the winner's circle with the people that I love. That's what it means to me. And I only have one speed in that success. That's the only thing. I, I don't. Failure is not an option. It's not part of the way that I think. Um, I think about success is standing in that winter circle with the people that I love and love to work with and, and being successful together. You know, there's plenty of time in this world to win on your own. Right. But success looks like to me is when I'm standing there with the rest of my people, um, you know, ha having a beer, taking a fireball shot at the bar, celebrating a big win uh, with my family and friends. That's good. Coming to an end here now, what does the future look like for you and Colossal the next couple of years? You know, we're, we're blowing up, man. You know, we, uh, we were thankful we made the top 100 IT federal contractors uh, list, which is a huge thing for a service disabled, better known small business. You know, I think the next years for us are going to be, you know, continually shake up this industry and doing it our way. And, and elevating our customers, still finding ways to find that top talent to pull them in and keep dominating, right? And that's that's what we're going to do. Crush it for our customers and crush it for our people. That's good. When you're not busy working, I understand you're, you have your hands full with four kids and the family. What do you like to do for fun in your free time? Uh, lifting weights is my, it's my favorite. I get up early in the morning and that's my time in the gym. I put on some crazy music and I lift heavy weights. And I lose myself, right? And that, that, that's the only moment that I give for me, right? And that's okay. It all else belongs to my family and, and the company, but that's my moment. That's, yeah. that's my jam. That's my, my part to tell myself I'm not good enough and you need more. And, and I get pretty ferocious, but that's, that's my time and, and that's what I love to do. I feel the same way every morning I get up and it's just me and me, me versus me. It's yes. I put myself in that, that suffering, not suffering, that pain. Yes. And I know once I get past that pain, the rest of the days, I'm good. Let's go. That, and that is a people downplay that. And I can't tell you how critical that is for people, especially people that are competitive by nature. If you're not challenging yourself anymore and athletics is gone and there's nothing else to push you, 
you're always going to strive for, but you don't know how to exercise it. you got to find something that does that, right? Whether it's weights or whatever, you know, weights is that, that thing for me. So when I'm, I set up, like I'm, I'm amped right now. Like I am pumped just thinking about it. Right. And I got a long day ahead of me, but I I'm, I'm amped just thinking about tomorrow's workout. What did you do today? Uh, today was a light day, man. It was, it was cardio. Uh, wasn't as, as crazy. That's why I'm excited about tomorrow. They, yesterday was chest and I saw uh, a UGA uh, football player uh, benching 315, right. For reps, right. Wow. His name is, and I was just watching a YouTube video and I was like, man, I haven't, I haven't tried to, you know, get, get up to max weight in a while. And I ended up one repping him up. He was a middle oh. linebacker played for Georgia. Yeah. And I, he did three fifteen, I think five times and I did it six times. So um, that, that's that whole mentality of, I saw the videos. Like, oh, I bet you I could do that. Oh yeah. yeah. So like all morning I was pumping myself up, but I'm constantly watching stuff on Jocko, the rocks workouts, like, and I watch their workouts, watch the intensity. Maybe they're, they're doing something different. I try, I do that same thing that I do with weights with business, right? That same thing to push me. Look what Jocko's doing. Uh, look what Mark Cuban's doing. Uh, look what, um, you know, the president of, of HPI, Todd Gustafson's doing. Look at what leaders at Cisco and Aruba are doing. Look, look at what they're doing yeah. and find a way to make it my own and make it better. I mean, it's, I do that with everything. That's great. Anthony, if people want to learn more about you, reach out to you more about Colossal work and they find out more information, please. So, you know, LinkedIn is a big thing for me. I, uh, I use LinkedIn a lot. It's how we found each other. Um, my network and, and getting out there and showing people what Colossal are about really LinkedIn is a big part for that. Um, I think that would be the best method. You can get to our website that way. You can get in contact with me that way, but hit me up through LinkedIn and, I'm usually pretty good about getting back and and that's where I get to watch other leaders and watch shows like your own. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Anthony. Really appreciate you taking the time out. It was awesome, dude. It was an honor and look forward to, to talk with you soon. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Take care. All right, man. See ya. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review and comment and let me know what you think. Thank you, and I'll see you all very soon on the next episode.